0: No, 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 she's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737 WWTN. That's 737 9986. So here's your host, financial counselor, and tax consultant, Dr. Friday.
1: G'day, I'm Dr. Friday and the doctor is in the house. Hopefully you guys are having a great Saturday out there enjoying the weather. It's a little nippy, but you know, it is obviously December. Therefore, we're getting to some deadlines, some expirations. Um, Now, in some cases, it may or may not affect your taxes, but we do have some extenders what we call extenders or tax deductions that will expire by the end of 2020. We're going to cover some of those. If you've got questions, maybe you're getting ready to prep for 2020 taxes, and we have to have all those done as far as... Your expenses are paying with exception of like IRAs or S, uh, SEPs, things like that. You need to do everything before December 31st, which is sneaking up on us. Conversions, if you're into doing an IRA conversion, uh, conversion uh, something that has to be done before the last day of the year. Um, also, some of the tax advantages because of COVID and the CARES Act, taking out money from the IRA without penalty, these all have to be done before the end of the year, and so we're going to cover a few of those things as well, but you can join the show at 615 737 9986 615 737 9986, taking your calls, talking about taxes. I'm an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation, which basically means if you're getting some love letters in the mail and you're not too sure what to do, you know you haven't filed or you just don't have the money to pay them, but you've been ignoring them, which doesn't usually lead to good things, um, something that we probably need to deal with instead of just putting in our head in the sand and hoping that they don't catch us. Um, that works for some people, not for many, many people. So just making sure that we have everything we need to see what's going to expire, and we'll start with that. Um, The exclusion for income of a discharge or indebtedness on our principal residence. So if you had to do a short sale on your principal residence or um, something along those lines, um, or you renegotiated your mortgage and you ended up getting it reduced, It normally would become income because of the money that you put in your pocket. Um, But if it's to your principal resident, we were able to not have to pay tax on that. That expires as of the end of 2020. The ability to treat mortgage insurance, also known as uh, uh, MIP mortgage insurance premium, uh, qualified residents. We can usually write that off on our taxes. That expires, and that has expired many different times. So far, they keep adding it back. A big one for individuals that have the ability to deduct medical, which is not easy under the current itemization, but um, they reduced it down to 7.5 of your adjusted gross before you get the first dollar onto your itemizing. Um, That expires and it's going to go up to 10% of your AGI. So that may make a difference. Um, The above the line deduction for qualified tuition and related expenses um, for uh, continuing education for college courses and things, that is expiring. Credit for health insurance costs for certain low income individuals, those are going to expire. So there's a few others that will, you know, we'll get into, uh, especially employers' credit for paid family and medical leave. Some of these are going to be incentives that we may may lose or have. Energy tax credits. Of course, we know that um, solar is going to slowly be reducing, and we're going to be getting less and less over the next, uh, I think, two or three years to until it gets to zero. Um, certain credits for other energy provided. Um, you know, fuel energy for cars and different things like that. Some of those are going to also expire. Some of it depends on the number of costs. So if you've got questions concerning that or anything else, you can join the show at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. I always uh, suggest to individuals, you should always do a little tax planning if you're running around right this second trying to figure out, oh my gosh, is this going to be a good thing or a bad thing? Probably going to maybe rush something you don't want to do. I have people that will sometimes go ahead and sell off stock because they want to recapture loss, but they haven't actually calculated their gains. Now again, loss will f- carry forward, but if it's only three thousand instead of thirty that you're expecting, um, it can make a difference in your tax planning. So you know, or doing a, a conversion from a standard IRA to a Roth IRA. I have many people, because I work with a lot of financial planners, um, that can be a very good plan. Sometimes I think people are in a big rush to do that, and they're willing to pay a lot more in taxes than maybe what's necessary. Um, I I do think that um, one of the big questions a lot of people are coming in, we know, hate to say it, but I think we know that Joe Biden is now going to be our next president. Um, Hopefully he will be the next president and not... um, not be taken out of office and everything there. But that being said, and under his new tax plan, he was basically going to increase corporate taxes, which we all know basically passed through to us, right? Because corporations don't really pay taxes. They increase their profit margins to cover their tax bill so everything could get more expensive again. And then any individual um, or estates worth more than five hundred, uh, sorry, $400,000, he's wants to start taxing. Now, I know a lot of people consider $400,000, I suppose, um, but when you got a husband and wife both working, um, it's not necessarily, in my opinion, extremely rich. So um, anyone making less than that, apparently you won't be affected. I find that hard to believe. The good news is um, most of the things that, the, because of the difference in the Senate as well as Um, The House, the spreads are a lot closer. If uh, there's a good thing that may happen in the Senate, we'll keep control of. Um, The likeliness of him being able to pass any of his unique um, tax changes will probably be zero. So... um, that's what we have to count on at this point. Let's just hope the Senate stays ours and then we don't have to worry about making... Because I have people that are really getting extremely concerned, maybe cashing out or converting things at a higher tax rate because they're terrified if they're going to be in an even higher tax bracket. Because even if you just go back to the old, and I know what he says, oh, I'm not going... But you, you can't... You can only tax people, they're wealthy, so much. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to most of us because how does a wealthier person spend more time on the roads than a person that is making the same money just because they're doing it better? It doesn't make sense to me how you can justify it. But that being said, we have to basically be looking at the fact that um, they're also going to be looking at the Medicare part B individuals that pay that will be also going up to a minimum of 148.50 next year. So everybody that's on Medicare um, that you have to pay part B Um, I think it was like 139. So it's almost a $10 hike, I believe. Um, It's in that ballpark, but it's going to go up. The basic coverage is going to be 148.50 a month. So obviously that's also means tested. So if you happen to make more money or in some cases, I have people that have sold just an inherited piece of land or something for the next year, they end up doing something crazy. Like taxing these individuals. So um, that makes it hard. All right, we've got Ann on the phone. Let's go ahead and hit Ann at number three, please.
2: Hi, Dr. Friday. Um, I I had a rental that was demolished in the tornado in March. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, um, it hasn't been completely rebuilt yet. And I want to know what I need to do for tax purposes for this year affecting that.
1: Right, so are you, I mean, were you fully covered with insurance, meaning they are going to, you will recoup a completely new home, or were you, were you out money for the things well, inside the home, or how's well, that going to prob- work? Well, probably I was, but I am, uh, it was just a
2: small house, and I'm increasing the square footage, so I probably can't claim that. Um,
1: right. It will be so- extra money, but you're putting money, but you're building a, maybe a little nicer home than what was yes. there before. So you're going to, when you sell it, you'll have a nicer um, investment, let's say as a, as a rental, but you know, so the, the loss, I mean, since it was under the, the tornado is a federal loss. So you can claim any losses that you may have had, but they're going to have you do the math, right? How much was covered by insurance? How much did you pay? And then what's the difference of loss? So if you were fully insured in the long run, like you said, I mean, if you do dollar for dollar a 5,000 square foot home for a 5,000 or whatever, 500 square foot home for a 500 and now you've got a larger home, were you covered for everything inside as well as everything out and keep in mind that you would have had some depreciation on some of the value of the equipment and things inside because as a rental we depreciate it so you will um, not have to do a recapture but in the calculation there's a recapture of those equipment so they weren't valued at what you originally paid for them.
2: Right, yes. But what about, um, should I sell that house in the future, or what about the cost basis? Because, um,
1: well, I mean, it'll be... Cost basis is going to be what the basis was at the time, I mean, at the original basis that you had, right? Because you're, unless... Besides what you've put physically in above and beyond. So let's say they let's say the house is just for simple math. The house was worth $100,000. The insurance company covered the $100,000, but you went ahead and put another fifty, dollars making it a bigger home. So now it's worth $150,000. You sell mm-hmm. it for $250,000, you're going to make a gain of $100,000. Kind of makes uh, sense a little yes, bit? Yes, yeah, it does. Okay. okay. Good. So
2: there's really nothing that I need to do. Actually.
1: No, not unless you want to sit down and just make sure that they did cover you for all of your basic losses. I mean, what we don't want you to do is leave any losses on the table, but in all reality, most of my individuals, it took a while because of. Covid hitting and everything else, uh, the re- rebuilding on that side was a little slower than maybe they would have liked. But in most cases, most people made out. At least my clients did not have any losses when we did the numbers. Okay. Yeah. So That's you know they they will have um, and and in, I have one of them doing the exact same thing you did because it was a total loss. They decided to build something different, but the insurance covered the the value of what the home was that was originally there, they applied that plus an additional mortgage in their case mm-hmm. um, to the house and were able to build something um, much more, I mean, much better for a rental anyway. So right. at that point, so that would work out long. And yes, so they are, they're going to be ahead when it's all said and done. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's what I've Great wanted question. to know. Great so question. Thank you very much. Uh-huh.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Let's go to, is it Becca? Becca and Mount Juliet, please. Yes. Yes, it is. Hello, sweetie. Hey, thanks for taking my call.
2: Uh, I have, um, my mom passed away about a year and a half ago, and I have two older sisters, and I am the executor for her estate. Mm -hmm. And recently, we got a letter in the mail that explained to us that our great-grandparents had owned mineral rights to some property in West Virginia. And there's a gas and oil company out of New Orleans that is uh, wanting to, develop the, um, the area. Okay. And so what I've gotten is a lease agreement that pays out a bonus to the signer. Um, and I'm trying to figure out because we are at the tail end of being able to close out the estate, Mm -hmm. what, what would be my options for the best way to make this work? I tried asking them if they could split the bonus payment based on the percentages that we get from our will from or from my mom's will. Um, and they said that they weren't sure that they could do that. The easiest thing would be to pay the
1: bonus to the estate. But that no. means
2: that... I mean, that's I not the easiest the for us.
1: Open. Easiest for them, possibly, yeah. but not easiest for you. Easiest for you would be to have the lease read, uh, wrote up with the three, if there's three of you, three of you as owners of that particular mineral rights. Uh, because this isn't something, I mean, the estate needs to be closed. This is going to be an ongoing situation. So, you, you know, basically you three are now the owners of that. I would not want that into the estate. That Sure, it's easier for them, but that's not what we're really asking about. What's easier for you is the conflict. And the conflict is the three of you <laughs> need to sign and have it wrote up in your three names. Okay. Yeah. Because that's- because there's going to be ten ninety nines, and this if it's actually if the mineral rights actually create something, you're going to have renewals and residuals and things like that. That's going to be going on hopefully for years. I have people that get those kind of things. So, you know, assuming that they they find what they're looking for, um, you know, you rather have that in your name and your your brothers and sisters' names, whatever, to to make that a viable option. We don't want that held because then you'd have to keep the estate open. Yeah, and who wants and to they do that? And
2: say they did say that they could pay the royalties out to us based on the will it's just the bonus the initial bonus yeah. that they were and wanting and that's cuz they're saying the that estate. the
1: estate but i would say that we're closing the estate and we want to do this outside of the estate period okay you know, yeah. I mean, you can do it within the estate. Don't get me wrong. It's doable. The money goes in, then you account for it. If this has got a, um, you're going to have to do an estate tax return and then that would be paid out equally or whatever the percentage of, of the estate is for each of you. And it can be distributed just like any other money that would be received through the estate. But um, obviously this is taxable income. There's no step up in basis on this. So this is straight out tax, which is a little different than a lot of the other things that happen in normal estates.
2: Right, okay, that makes sense
1: You know, I mean, so each person That means either the estate will have to pay the tax Which they usually end up paying taxes higher Unless you guys are in the higher tax brackets But you're talking about 20-25% in the estate Versus individuals start at 12% and work their way up So it might be cheaper for you guys to have it in your names Again, I don't know you guys' personal tax situations Right, Okay, okay Thank you so much. I No problem, it. sweetheart. I appreciate you. Thank you for calling. All righty. We're going to take our first break. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. If you want to join the show? You can do it very easily. 615 737 9986. 615 737 9986. And why don't we go right to the phone to see what Chris has? Hey, Chris.
0: Yes, ma'am. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. Thanks so, for I've calling. got a question about, uh, about a power of attorney situation. Uh, okay. My biological father uh, lives in Alabama and he is at the very end of a pretty nasty battle with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. I am executor of his will, and I have a full power of attorney, um, both over his finances and medical um, state. He's been living in his own home with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend's basically been taking care of him along with some in-home care and hospice. And she decided that she did not want to live there anymore. She wanted to buy another home, her own home, and move him in with her. Now he's completely incapacitated. He's in okay. you know, full bedridden and you know, can't make decisions. <clears throat> so they went ahead and did that back in January. And so now his home is sitting or was sitting there completely empty with a mortgage to pay. And his only income was basically Social Security. He had no money in savings. Uh, he, he did not plan well uh, financially for sure his retirement. <clears throat> um, yeah. So that left me in a situation of here his girlfriend is taking full care of him, which is much cheaper than putting him in a special home.
2: Sure. And
0: she said she does not want to continue to pay his mortgage with his money.
1: To Why, can you sell the house?
0: So I did. I did that. Um, it took about, uh, I had to put about close to $40,000 of my own money into the home to get it to even in sellable condition. Okay. And after paying myself back that 40000 there's about 40000 left over. Now, okay. here's the challenge. In his will, my brother and I inherit the home uh, equally, 50-50. Okay. So I don't want to keep the $40,000 in his bank account, the $40,000 that we profited from the sale of the home. Don't have a choice.
1: Don't have a choice because while he was still alive, that home was his, even though in the estate he said that the house would be yours. Until he has passed away, that money has to be used to take care of him.
0: Okay. So the only problem is his bank account, is shared with her, so she has full access to that money.
1: Well, you could keep it in an estate tax, uh, an estate return. You can't distribute it to you and your brother. Bottom line, it needs to be still kept. You could be custodial over it in a separate account, and she would have to come to you for some reason and justify the need of it because if the Social Security is going to her, she's getting his care at this point, but there may be additional medical or some other cost that's above what he's, you know, what, what the social security is bringing in. And at that point, you know, theoretically his estate's responsible for it.
0: Right. So, so here's where we are today that I put that money into a money market account, um, where I bank here locally in, in Tennessee and mm-hmm. it's just sitting there. Uh, okay. no, no one's touched it. Good. Um, but that's in my bank account. How are the taxes going to work on that? Um, because well, as far as the government goes, there's $40,000 more in my bank account than there was before. Wouldn't I have to report that? As you as don't. Income?
1: No. I mean, because basically whoever files the father's tax return for, for 2020, I'm assuming this happened this year, 2020, someone needs to file the exclusion for the home. He could have sold his home for 250000 above what he paid for it. So... in most cases people don't have that kind of increase so he should have an exclusion and that money you i mean you could show that you were holding it at this point as long as you're not touching it it's basically being held in a state um you know for him i mean you could theoretically get an estate federal id number set up an estate account so that way um, if something's needed you can you know File it, any interest or anything, because if it is earning interest in your name, you're going to pay tax on that interest because it's under your name, not your father's. Um, yeah, it's a net so, market account. So it's like right? 11, yeah. 11, 11, so know. you know, all in all, my my suggestion is, I mean, there's nothing. In my mind, I'm not an attorney, but in my mind, there's nothing wrong with what you've done as long as you don't touch it until his passing and make sure that everything is paid for out of the estate that needs to be paid for before distribution. I mean, if he leaves medical bills behind, anything else that needs to be paid for with that money uh, before anything else can be done.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. That helps me. Um, And then so the last piece of this is his life insurance policy. So um, he's got a $150,000 life insurance policy, which is going to be split into thirds, um, 33 and a third percent to myself, my brother, and then his girlfriend. Okay. Um, it's a term policy. I think there's like 18 years left on it. Oh, he, okay. might have, he might have a few months left. Mm-hmm. So I've been paying the, the monthly premium on that life insurance policy for about three or four years now. Um, okay, and, and I guess I just need to draft some type of contract with the girlfriend, basically saying, look, if this is being split in thirds, it made absolutely no sense financially to let that term policy expire. It's, it's worked too much. Um, right. From well, where so, was, so you
1: made the investment, it, so they should pay you back whatever you've been paying. Um, and I would right. probably justify, I would actually document, I mean, either from the insurance company or whatever, showing that you paid it. Um, I mean, in theory, you could pay it from the father's. Who, who gets the social security check?
0: It goes directly to his personal
2: bank account. Is, the,
1: and she is there gets, a reason you can't draft do. the insurance money from that? She would not allow okay. it. I mean, I don't, I'm, again, I know politics and families, trust me. Um, but is that yeah, something so that I couldn't mean, be she, being paid? Really how much, I, I mean, it's a thought.
0: Um, I, I could do that, I guess. I mean, um, it, it's, I mean, there might be a few more months left. I mean, it's kind of a moot point.
1: Um, it is I mean, because you're out of pocket for whatever the months you've paid it. I'm just saying, uh, in theory, they need to you need you need to get two thirds of that back, so everyone at least made the same shares.
0: Right. So, so I guess it would be wise to put some type of contract together. I, I went to my bank and found out exactly when it was when I start. I took over the payments, and yeah. it, I could easily reverse the math and figure that out. Um, right. And then hope they sign that agreement, and then
1: when Well, the I mean, you're the executor, company. and you can justify the expense. I mean, it's really not a question.
0: So would the, would the life insurance company then distribute it in equal thirds, and then it will be up to me to be reimbursed, or could I get the life insurance policy to— No, the, the life, life
1: insurance company. won't do it, but you have the 40000 right, that you could take it from. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking term life. It can't th- be that expensive.
0: 50
1: bucks a month, that's it. So. Okay. That's a little all higher than I was expecting. But that being said, yes, um, you know, again, you could, um, you know, you would have the cash where you could reimburse yourself and ex- and, and document that uh, because the life insurance company is not going to pay it to you, in a, you know, as a fee. And I'm assuming the insurance already has all three of you listed with the percentage. Or does is it just the will that says it?
0: life insurance policy does have all three of us listed. uh,
1: So they're going to automatically distribute. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, My last question is a whole other situation that will take longer. I don't want to take up your airtime. Is there a way that I can reach you or your office during the week? Uh, You're here locally in Middle Tennessee?
1: I am. I'm in the Brentwood area. And you can call my office directly at 615-367-0819. Or you could just Google Dr. Friday or drfriday.com is my website, and all my information is on there. Three six seven
0: zero eight one nine. Okay. You got you it. Thank you
1: so much. You've thank you. Okay. Bye. All, right. all righty. Wow. Um, let's go ahead and hit Daniel because he's been on for like 11 minutes on hold. That's a cool guy. Hey, Daniel. Hello, Dr. Friday. Hello, sweetheart. A- thank you for holding for so long.
3: Oh, my pleasure. I have a life estate, the Million Dollar Bellmead Home, that incurred some damage due to a neighbor's negligence, and uh, I received a settlement that really should have gone to my mother's. I just have a life estate, and she's the one who purchased the property. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Did did I, I incur a tax liability with a settlement due to property damage? And is there some way that I can transfer the money to her that the attorney should have sent her in the first place?
1: Well, there would be a way of transferring the money if necessary. Um, I guess I would have to take a look and see exactly how they wrote the settlement up. Since it wasn't for loss of earnings, um, it was loss of damage on property. I'm not too sure. I mean, if you've repaired the property, um, it's a wash because it's equity in the property. Uh, again, if they sent it to you and you're not the, theoretically the owner of the home, um, you know, the attorney should, should 1090, but you could wash it. I mean, you could turn around and 1099 your mother for the exact same amount that you have the 1099 for. Um, and then, you know, assuming she's showing it, but, um, I think we'd have to look at the documents to see if this is even a taxable situation, Daniel.
3: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Friday.
1: Yeah. Give me a call or give me a copy of the documents. and We can give you a better answer on that particular one. Okay. we Will do. Stay well. Thanks, sir. Thank okay. Bye-bye. All right, Gary. Let's hit you real quick, and then that way we can take a break and not leave you on hold for five more minutes. Hey, Gary.
4: Hey, how you doing?
1: I am awesome. How about yourself?
4: Oh, I'm doing okay. Um, I just my question might take longer than you have.
1: Yeah, uh, fine. But
4: uh, okay. Um, I'll uh, start off by saying I will be turning 65 uh, next June, so I'll be okay. going on Medicare. And uh, right now, I have insurance through the marketplace, and I have an HSA-eligible plan. But right now, that's what I've had this year. But Mm -hmm. that same plan is going up by $200 for next year. Yeah, it's a pretty substantial increase. Um, I can get another uh, policy that's about what I'm paying now, uh, but it's not HSA-eligible. Would it make sense to go ahead and bite the bullet and... And and uh, pay for the more expensive premium for for five for six months of next year, and um, and have that HSA deduction, or would it be just better to to not not worry about it? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I am a firm believer in health savings accounts because of what you just said. Even though the premium goes up, you can write off up to 3600 for single, I think, and like 72 or something like that for a married couple. Um, and that money just keeps growing if you don't use it versus mm-hmm. normal insurance. It's not really an easy deduction because most of us can't itemize and, um, and there's no growth, right? I mean, we, it goes in every month and if we don't use it, we kind of lose it kind of thing, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, I personally, from the tax standpoint, am a big advocate for the health savings accounts and you should be able to still maximize it as much as you can. Um, up until you hit Medicare, obviously, and then you have that to use anytime during your lifetime. The health savings doesn't have to be used immediately. You can use it anytime um, until you hit 72, and then it's part of your um, required minimum distributions.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: But, I mean, that's okay. my advice. I know it's a bit more expensive, but, uh, again, I think you get more of a tax write-off with it, so it may come out a little bit further ahead in the other side, I think.
4: And would I, would I be doing just as well to put um – extra money in my sep um, as to have that deduction or uh, If
1: you have a sep if you're self-employed or you're still working
2: you yes, still self-employed still whichever
1: way I mean again I say maximum if you have the ability now if you're if your income is really low and you're still in the 12% tax bracket meaning you're making if you're single around 50 grand and if you're married around 100,000 combined Um, I would actually be doing a Roth SEP because you're in about the lowest tax bracket we'll ever see. Um, But otherwise, if you're in the next bracket up or anything from the the 22 or 24, I would maximize my self-employment plan or IRAs or 401Ks, whatever it might apply.
4: Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Gary. I appreciate the call.
4: Mm
1: Okay, we're going to take our next break a few minutes late, and then we'll come back to your calls at 615-737-9986. We'll be right back. All righty, we are back here live in studio. If you want to join us, 615-737-9986, 615 737-9986. 737 And while we go right to the phone, Steve on his cell phone. Um,
3: I've got a question. My mother had set up a partnership with me and my two other brothers years ago. It used to have some property in it. It's left with one piece of property, and there's some cash. There's probably $100,000 worth of cash. The property is a farm, and we've had an offer on the farm, which is substantial. I think it's uh, $90,000. My question is, if we do take this, trying to get distributions to me and my brothers, if we close the partnership out, what's the best way to handle the taxes to minimize those either with partial distributions or if we just liquidate the partnership and yeah. All At the money. this
1: point, assuming that the property, the only thing in it is that property and there's no other property being, there's not going to be a 1031 exchange, meaning buying another piece of property that you're going to want to hold on to. I would suggest just doing a final partnership, close it out, and do a final distribution. Um, Since you know every year you've gotten a K-1, now it may have only been for small losses if it was on a rental or something that wasn't really generating income, Um, Uh maybe a little interest with the money that's in the bank. But that way, you know, it's long-term capital gains going to pass through to each of the partners based on their percentages, and the distribution will follow suit.
3: Okay, what type of, on on an amount like that, what type of a tax hit is going to incur?
1: Well, it really depends on the income brackets. But assuming that everybody is in the typical 12 to 15 percent, or 12 to 22 percent bracket, capital gains Mm -hmm. long term is going to be 15 percent.
3: Okay. Okay. And And if it's
1: $100,000, and that's assume that's the gains. That means each of you are getting like thirty or something. It shouldn't be too bad.
3: Well, now it's got a hundred thousand dollars in cash in it, and then the property. If the property, if we go ahead with this sale, the mm-hmm. property is going to sell for nine hundred thousand.
1: Oh, okay. So you're going to have so, like an $800,000, yes. well, and maybe some closing yeah. cost fees, whatever. Um, right. But you're going to have between 750000 and 800000 Right. So you'd be looking at, in all honesty, you guys will all be, assuming everyone's gross income with the gain would be under $500,000, you would be mm-hmm. looking at about 19% tax.
3: Okay. Would it be better to try to make distributions at a moderate level and try to keep keep it down
1: once the sale happens you can't change it it's not it's an automatic pass-through situation so once that property is sold it will have to pass through to the shareholders or to the members or partners or whatever the proper term is right okay okay all All right right. thank you very much appreciate it Uh all right let's see what alan and franklin has to say hey alan
3: Hello. How are you?
1: I am awesome. How about yourself?
3: Doing fine. Doing fine. We have sold a farm and uh, it's supposed to close in 21 if everything goes all right. My question was if Joe Biden's tax plan goes into effect in uh, doubling the capital gains tax, Mm -hmm. does that normally go back to the first of the year in which it was uh, approved, or does it go to the next year to become effective, or could it be? Normally, way, it goes
1: back to the first of the year. So, if he takes over office in January, and <clears> let's <throat> say he finally gets it passed in June, just throwing dates around, let's pray it never happens. Um, it would go back to the first of that year. When okay. we've had him pass laws okay. in December and backdate him to the first of that year, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, yeah. it can go. It can go either direction. I would say it would depend. Um, in most cases, I would say if it doesn't pass till almost the end of the year, it would probably be effective in logical 2022. But I'm preparing my clients because I have seen in the 20 plus years of doing this where they have backdated those kind of things to the first of the year, which doesn't allow us to plan it at all because once the sale's done, we can't go backwards and say, Oh, well, well we true. didn't want to really sell that because we didn't realize we were gonna pay forty percent capital gains.
0: Right. Okay. You know. Thank you very right, much. Mm-hmm. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great question, Alan. And uh, that's a big concern that many of us have. And I have people actually accelerating, taking smaller losses or taking less money to close before the last day of this year, um, not sure what's going to happen, guys. Really don't know. Uh, he keeps saying he's not going to hurt or affect people that make less than 400000 But, you know, these kind of situations happen once in a lifetime, a family farm, whatever, and they finally sell them. And that could kick you into higher than 400000 even though in your normal business day-to-day life, you don't make more than 400000 We don't know the answers. All we can do is try to prepare the best we can um, and hope that we have the Senate to keep the Congress and the President and everybody somewhat on track to realize that if you're taxing people that much money, you're going to stall the money because, let's be honest, why would I sell something if I'm going to pay more in tax than I would normally have all right so if you want to join the show the last part of the show is coming up 615-737-9986 615-737-9986 taking your calls and we're going to be right back with the dr friday show We are back here live in studio. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls. Um, if you have questions and you need them answered, you can join us now. It's a usually a pretty good time to get them. If not, then you can always call me or email me at my office, which I'll give you that information in just a few minutes. Um, some good news on the fact that they have read done the life expectancy table. It was last time revised in 2002. So they're saying that we're going to live a little bit longer. So now if you're age 72 right now, you would have 25.6 years to calculate out your RMD. So, wow. So that's pretty good. They're thinking that you're gonna live to be about 90 some years old. I guess that's uh, great expectations. We'll see how that works out. Um, and then um, we also wanted to no, breaking, uh, no breaks for residents of housing with co-ops or deduct state and local tax. Their shares of the co-op real estate tax is subjected to the 10% cap. A lot of people that were from 2018 through 2025, everyone knows we have a $10,000 cap on schedule A for what we call the SALT tax, but it's where your sales tax Your uh, income tax and property taxes fall in. And many states um, or individuals were trying to take and find other ways to get the the property taxes. Because if you live in Massachusetts or Connecticut or New York or California, you could be paying $10,000 alone for your property tax besides your state tax. Um, and so, I mean, I had people with 30, dollars just in that particular category, and now they're locked out at 10. So that's a huge change for those individuals. They are trying to find some new ways around that. And at the moment, guys not going to happen because most of the ways people have found or that their passed-through entities and the courts have held up that they are not allowed to pass that information through to other companies something else um, I know myself that I end up sometimes having to work and I know one of the gentlemen that called in as an executor of an estate um, you do want to make sure that if you're an executor of an estate you want to make sure you're doing everything to the best of your ability the um, there's a case that went into court where the individual inherited everything from his sister he just transferred everything into his name and didn't file any estate tax returns or state income tax returns in this particular situation and then um, and you know there is still estate tax guys for some people and there is income tax returns due uh, on estates and so that being said, This particular person ended up with quite a few pieces of property. Apparently, he inherited quite a few of them, um, levied and having to uh, deal with um, some serious tax penalties. The court ruled that he had tax evasion tax avoidance, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't want to be that person. Um, new uh, Nevada will now have a short-term tax amnesty this year or next. Lawmakers are ordering the ta- Department of Taxation to deduct a tax amnesty program that would waive penalties and interest for state tax delinquencies that come forward to pay their back taxes. Um, again, this is the state of Nevada. Um, so, Illinois' personal income tax will continue to be imposed on, on at a flat tax rate. Um, voters rejected a ballot that wanted to have an actual flat, uh, uh, an actual grade, uh, graded or gradual um, tax rate, and they have a flat tax, which I personally think would be a great plan for individuals. That way, if you want to buy something, you pay a certain dollar amount. If you don't, then nobody has to worry. But that will never work because. Well, let's just think how powerful is the IRS. If no one had to file a tax return, the IRS would never know how much money you had. If we just had to pay it directly whenever we purchased something, only information they would have would be on businesses. Yeah. I don't see that control going anywhere soon. So, but I do think it's a great plan at some point. It might be some way that we could actually eliminate complete tax evasion. And then that everyone would pay their own fair share, right? Because everybody would have to pay what they're actually spending, not on what they're telling the IRS they have. All right. So if you do want to reach me, um, easiest thing, the first thing to do Go to the website, drfriday.com. It's a new website. Well, it's fairly new. We've updated it a little bit in the last few months. Um, The calendar, I believe, for tax season is opening. I will tell you that we are pretty booked up already, Um, but um, there's always still a little room for individuals. But you're going to want to either check on the online site or email friday at drfriday.com or call our office at 615-367-0819 if you have or need uh, help with tax preparation. I do individual tax returns, I do estate tax returns, I do business tax returns. We do all 50 states. Um, So we're pretty much, we've been doing it for 20 plus years. So we've been uh, um, handling these kind of situations for quite a while. And as an enrolled agent, I'm an EA is what we always say, but it stands for enrolled agent. And that means I'm licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. So not only are we looking at filing your taxes and getting you current, but if you have tax issues. Now may be the time because I keep telling people it's time when you're actually at a hard point in your life and you're not where you want to be doing. That's the time to kind of be making a deal with the IRS because they're looking at your current situation. They're not projecting out years. They're not trying to say, hey, this person can go out and do this or that. They're looking at your current situation and can you or can you not pay them what is due? Now, sometimes you have assets that can pay them. You may not want to take them, you may not be able to even borrow against them because, well, let's be honest, credit rating is important. Um, But there is a pecking order in which we have to go through to make sure the IRS can know that you can't borrow. They want to levy, lean, and seize. Those are never happy words. We can help you deal with those tax issues, what I do every single day. So if you need help filing taxes, need help doing back work or understanding what you can do to make a deal with the IRS, our initial consultations are always free. And again, you can either call the office at 615 615- three six seven oh eight one nine on monday morning you can email friday like the day of the week friday at dr or check us out on the web at drfriday.com. we are um been doing taxes for, like I said, 20 plus years. And as an enrolled agent, we have been doing a lot of offering compromises for a number of years. And that isn't, I'm going to be honest, I'm not one of those companies when you call up and say, oh yeah, we can help you. It's $5,000. Start paying us now and we'll get you taken care of. Not everybody a qualifies for an offer and compromise. Not everybody likes what I come up with for a number for offer and compromise. And then the ones that do, I can tell you, we just closed one just recently. The guy owed eighty nine, a little over eighty nine thousand dollars, ended up paying about nineteen thousand. Um, but it was a good deal. I still saved quite a bit of money. But, um, you know, he had to get a mortgage on his one piece of property, had another one where they were going to force him to sell his second property. He decided to sell his primary, got a mortgage on that, and then I actually for the second property, got a mortgage and was able to pay the IRS and then deal with the issues. But the IRS can make you sell any properties other than your primary home. So if you have rental properties, if you have 401ks, SEPs, retirement, life insurance that you can take money out of, these are all important things to know because if you have the ability to pay, the IRS is sitting there going, wait a second, you made that monthly payment with money you could have paid us. You built up equity in this because you didn't pay us, you paid them. So now that equity, that that uh, amount of money that you have access to is really ours up into the amount that you owe us. So we have to either show we can't borrow it or that we do go ahead and borrow against it and take out what we need to take out. But it's really important to understand how that works because I can't tell you how many people come in and they're like, well, yes, I have equity in my house or or they, you know, their kids are in private school and they're maybe living a bit outside of their income bracket and they're using the IRS tax dollars to pay for that difference and then every year they keep building up more and more tax debts. The IRS doesn't allow private school, for example, to be a deduction when making a deal or even a payment plan. Um, now, college is allowed but not the payments that. you make to a um, private or daycare or anything like that, unless it's a special needs school. So you need to understand what the importance is of what you have and how it's working and what you need to do with that. So, you know, just keep in mind, those are important things. We can help you walk through that. We can get power of attorney so that we can represent you in front of the IRS. So that way, you know not everybody likes to do it and then of course nowadays i will say there are more paper audits than everyday audits but either way an audit is an audit and never feels good to have uncle sam sitting there saying oh well i want this i want that i want this like anything else there's a proper way of putting those documents together to deal with the issue and wrong ways of doing it. i have more than one person that says oh i handle my own and they just disallowed everything um not usually I will say you have to document properly or they can disallow it, but many times it's because you didn't provide it in the format that they're looking for or not in a timely manner. Um, Right now, the normal is they disallow everything and then you submit them documents and they readjust for whatever numbers that they feel is justified that you can use through your own information. Last thing I want to warn people about is 1099Ks. Nowadays with Uber and Grubhub and, and all the different delivery companies and all that electronic money coming through your bank, keep in mind that if you aren't reporting everything that goes through your bank plus the cash, you're in trouble. So you need to make sure you do that at your own rate. So uh, if you've got questions, you need help doing what you need to do, all you need to do is contact us at 615-367-0819 or drfriday.com or friday at drfriday.com is the best way to reach us. So I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. And if you need help, I'm not hearing any music. Am I supposed to be hearing music? Um, So if you need help with taxes or anything else, you can just give me a follow-up at 615-367-0819. Copulata.